Welcome to the Success Road Podcast. This is the podcast where we meet at the intersection of your life and take decisive action to move onward toward higher levels of success, whatever that means for you. My name is Joshua Rivers from PodcastGuyMedia.com, and I'm taking you on this journey. Now, today, I want to start looking at some aspects of health. I'm going to be sharing some things that I'm specifically working on implementing into my life and then how that can also be a solution for you or a potential solution. Now, before I get into anything else, I do want to say that I am not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist or anything like that. I'm just a guy on a journey to get control of my weight and my health. Now, I'm sharing this information that I found and the results that I'm seeing for myself And hopefully that can be a help to you to be able to evaluate whether it could be something that you could utilize in your life as well. The main focus of this episode is going to be about intermittent fasting. And I'm going to go over a little bit about what it is and how it can benefit. But there's a lot to it, so I'm definitely not going to be able to get to everything about that. But first, let me give you a quick history of my personal relationship with my health. Now, growing up, I was one of those guys that I could eat whatever I wanted and as much as I wanted with no visible consequences. Uh, In fact, I could probably eat like a whole pizza, a gallon of ice cream, down a two liter of soda and lose weight the next day. And so I, my metabolism was really good. I was not necessarily an active kid um, or a teenager or anything like that, but my metabolism was so high to where I didn't have to regulate or watch what I was eating. In my 20s, that kind of continued a little bit. My weight would fluctuate a little bit between 180 and 195. And when I would get to the upper end of that, 190, 195, I could easily lose the 10 pounds to be able to get back down. And so I didn't really think too much about it. I'd kept my eating habits pretty much the same. And then around age 26, it seemed like metabolism switched off. And that was between 2008, 2010, I ended up going from 195 to 235. And I struggled to be able to lose that pound. I kind of went up and down a little bit. And so I've tried a few diets since that time and I would go up and down and it looked like things were starting to work. And then I would just go right back up and kind of fast forward then to last month in February of 2020, I peaked up at 295. So that's more than 210 pounds in less than 12 years. And I know there's probably a lot of people that can identify with that type of story. And so I've had some success with some diets, which one I'm going to try again, um, but I'm going to be a little bit more strategic about it. I'm going to mention it in this episode, but I'm not going to get into depth. And that's the keto diet. And so, but anyway, uh, not only has my weight affected my clothes, but I've also had to do the walk of shame on some theme park rides, which was a little embarrassing, but not completely. Um, And it wasn't totally a shock either. When I got to some of those things, I was just hoping I would be able to make it work. But there's also other health risks and problems that have gone up significantly. Um, I've developed high blood pressure, high cholesterol, a higher risk for diabetes. And then also, um, I definitely snore as my weight has gone up and sleep apnea 
In fact, I just did a sleep study uh, a couple weeks ago and discovered that during that one night, I stopped breathing almost 300 times. And so that was definitely a wake up call. And so we're working on trying to uh, get that corrected, getting a CPAP machine and all that. And so hopefully that will help with that part temporarily. But I know, again, it's all connected to my weight. And so um, there's probably other things that are going on as a result, probably like like sore joints and muscles and different things like that and energy levels. And, and so there's all kinds of different things that have been impacted as a result of my high weight. And so in February, like I mentioned, I got to that peak. I ended up going to the doctor for the first time ever, and I talked with him about getting my weight under control. And so I mentioned that I've tried other diets and things like that in the past. And during that time, I'd never consulted a doctor about it. In fact, I've almost never went to the doctor for anything unless I was really sick and needed a doctor's note or a prescription to get some medicine or something like that. And so I can probably less than 10 times in my adult life, I've been to a doctor. And so I wasn't necessarily opposed, but I just never really cared. And as I started gaining weight, I knew there were some issues and I didn't want to face them, um, to be honest. And so, so I was just kind of avoiding that, but I know it's something I need to get taken care of. And so, as I mentioned, there was the one diet I tried before that was the keto diet. And as I was with my doctor, I mentioned that, and he said that it's a good diet to be able to follow and he would recommend that I try that again. And so, but he also suggested that I would try intermittent fasting. And so during that um, same time, we kind of put up a plan to um, add some exercise and he gave me a book recommendation to get started with intermittent fasting. And the book was called Delay, Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent intermittent fasting lifestyle. And I ordered it right away and began reading it over the next two to three weeks. And it had a lot of really good information about intermittent fasting. And so I've been doing intermittent fasting now for the past month or so, and I've been mostly consistent with it. And so I want to be able to share some of the things that I've learned and be able to uh, be able to pass on to you. And maybe you can be able to make a decision for your own life if this is something you want to try or not for yourself. So the first thing that I've learned is that um, intermittent fasting needs to be a lifestyle change, not just a diet, which is a temporary situation that you put yourself in and then you get back um, to what you used to eat. So you can go on the diet for a month, six months or a year or whatever it takes and you can see results. But then if you start going back to the way that you used to eat and the way you used to live, that's just going to bring you back to where you got to in the first place or where I got to. And so that was my problem with the keto diet is I lost 30 some pounds um, on that diet. And then I stopped it and started eating and living like I used to. And so my body just went back to gaining the weight like it used to. And so I just have to be able to change my mindset about this and commit to a change in my lifestyle overall, not just trying to have a short-term weight loss. And so that's where I'm trying to work on now. 
Now, before you start worrying about starving yourself and the long-term effects of starvation because of intermittent fasting, I want to go ahead and get into a little bit more about what it is. I know before I really looked into it, I kind of had some of those same ideas or their same fears of, okay, I'm just basically starving myself for a period of time. And that didn't sound appealing. It didn't sound healthy. It didn't sound good, but uh, there's a little bit more science coming out about it here lately. And so, so anyway, intermittent fasting is um, when you fast or you go without eating for a longer period of time. And so you have just a shorter specific period of time where you eat, but then you don't eat or you fast for more than 12 hours, usually like 16 to 18 hours that you're fasting. And of course, this fasting does include sleep time. So it's not like you have to do it for 18 hours while you're awake, um, which is probably the amount of time that you're awake anyway. And so um, that's, that's what this is referring to. There's a lot of different styles of it. I'm going to get in that here in just a minute. So many people myself tend to eat late in the evening and then wake up and have breakfast. And so this leaves maybe a fasting time of nine to 10 hours, sometimes even smaller of a window of fasting time. So during this time, your body is busy working on the food that you ate. And so if you only give yourself a short amount of time, your body never gets to fully finish processing on that before you start adding more food on top of it. But if you fast for a while, after about 12 hours, your body is done processing the food and then it is able to start working on healing itself. And then also at that same time frame, your body starts to burn fat for energy since you're not introducing new food with the sugar and glucose and all that stuff to be able to draw from. And so... There's a lot of those different things. And then there's also um, a connection with um, insulin in your body that plays into weight loss as well or weight regulation as well, which I'm not necessarily going to get into. I'm still trying to learn the details myself. But apparently um, when you eat, even if it's something that's sugar-free or no carbs or something like that, you're still introducing insulin into your body. And um, when the insulin is triggered, then that slows down your metabolism to some effect. And so uh, you want to be careful with that part, which is why intermittent fasting works is because you're not eating. So you're not introducing that insulin. And so that would be one kind of caveat to this is that if you are diabetic or anything like that, you definitely want to have a doctor's direction on this to be able to be able to monitor those type of things. And maybe this wouldn't be the type of lifestyle for you to be able to do this, but there might be something you can utilize with it. But again, consult your doctor for that. And so assuming that your doctor clears all this intermittent fasting can be able to take advantage of these self-healing and fat burning aspects of fasting for longer periods of time. So as I mentioned, there's more than just one way to be able to do intermittent fasting. And so there's a couple different plans I'm going to mention, but there's probably more out there as well. And so these are just some of the more common ones that uh, 
I've learned about. And so there's the five, two plan, which is where you eat regularly for five days and then you fast for two days. And that's not like two consecutive days. So you'll like fast on Wednesday and Sunday, for example, but then the other days that you don't fast. And apparently on the days that you do fast, you're actually allowed about 500 calories or something like that. So you're just um, doing more of a calorie restriction, which if you're at 500 calories, that's basically going to be one small meal that you're going to be having. And so that's one plan. And then there's the 16, eight plan, which is where you fast for 16 hours every day. And then you have a window of eight hours where you eat and something similar to that is the 18, six, which is where you fast for 18 hours. And then you eat during a six hour window. And then you can shrink that even more. And there's the, what's called the OMAD, O-M-A-D, which is stands for one meal a day. And you give yourself about a one hour window to eat every day. And that's it. And of course, like I said, there's other variations. And so for myself, I'm starting with the 16, eight plans. I'm allowing 16 hours of fasting every day and allowing about an eight hour period for eating in, uh, in my daytime. And you can adapt your eating window to your schedule or your preference. I know I had this question. Okay. Is it better to fast for the first part of the day and then eat in the afternoon evening, or is it better to eat in the morning and lunchtime basically and fast for the evening time? And it, it's basically up to, okay, what does your schedule allow for? What's the easiest to be able to fit into your schedule so that you can be able to maintain a, a schedule for, for being able to do this. And so it doesn't necessarily matter. There may be benefits one way or the other, but uh, the important thing is just being able to fit it into your schedule and you can still see a lot of really good benefits by doing that. And so I'm choosing to have my eating window be basically between 1 p.m. and 9 p.m. And like I said, I've mostly kept to this, but I've uh, kind of moved the window around a little bit, maybe more than I should. But I'm just trying to get used to it still. And so sometimes I've started as early as 1130 or 12. And then I've ended up closing my window early. Um, I haven't really stretched it any later than the time that's there. Um, I sometimes started my window late, but I haven't gone past nine o'clock, I don't think, on any day so far. But anyway, that's basically where I'm starting at, basically allowing an eight-hour window for eating and 16 hours of fasting in between. And I'm focusing more on having 16 hours of fasting in between. That's my biggest part that I'm trying to measure at this point. And, um, I think there's been three days that I haven't met that 16 hours. There was one day where I did 13 hours. And then I think there was twice when I've done like 15 hours or 15 and a half hours or something like that. And so I think my average has been a little over 16 though, because there've been some days I've gone 17 to 18 hours of fasting. So overall, I think it balances, but anyway, um, I'm, getting a little more consistent with it as it goes. Um, and so one thing I thought I was going to have a struggle with was that I've always been one of those people that ate breakfast and usually I would eat breakfast when the first hour or two of waking up. Um, usually I would like wake up, I take my shower and then I eat breakfast. And that's usually the way that I st- had traditionally started my day. And so 
I decided during the first week to kind of try to gradually, quickly, gradually, I guess you could say, try to <laughs> wean myself off of breakfast. And so um, basically, like the first day, I waited until 8 a.m. to start eating. The second day, 9 a.m. The uh, third day, 10 a.m. The fourth day, 11 a.m. And then 12 o'clock, the fifth day, something like that. I took five, five to seven days to work my way up to where I was waiting until um, 12 or one o'clock to start eating. And so, so like I said, I've kind of adapted my window a little bit, but for the most part, I am trying to keep to this. And so those are the different plans as far as the time frames that you eat, which is the main part that has to do with intermittent fasting. But obviously, another question is, what are you allowed to eat? And so that's always a big question. And the big principle behind intermittent fasting is that it only restricts the time that you eat when you eat. It doesn't restrict what you eat. So theoretically, you can eat whatever you want inside of your window and still be doing intermittent fast. But you also need to remember that um, you're doing this fast for a reason. And so in my case, I'm trying to be healthier. I'm trying to lose weight. So while I can load up on cookies and brownies, it's not necessarily the best choice, which as a side note, my daughter has been on a baking kick lately, which has made this a little harder. We have, uh, have had like a couple dozen cookies in the house and brownies and different things like that, that have been extra temptations, uh, to me doing that. But anyway, you can eat some things. And you just got to be careful um, not to overdo it because you want to remember that this is not a diet. It's not a religion. This is something that you're trying to create a new lifestyle over. And that doesn't mean that it controls your life. What it means is that it's supposed to complement your life. And so it's supposed to be fit into your lifestyle. So for example, if you have a birthday party, don't worry about eating the cake and ice cream. Go ahead and have a habit. And then you can get back to the fasting tomorrow. And same thing, if you have family, friends from out of town, they come for a week or so, just go ahead. You can have the brunch with them. You can eat regularly with them and change your time for that time period. And then when they're gone, then you can be able to switch back to your normal schedule. And so, it, and there's also chances that even these situations may not affect the time that you eat anyway. And so, and it might even come to the fact to where you don't want to eat outside of your window. I've heard people have that kind of experience as well, where it's like they've been doing the fasting time. They have a five or six hour window and that's what they're used to. And before that, they feel terrible if they eat too early in the day. And so they don't want to eat breakfast anymore. They don't want to eat a brunch or maybe not even lunch. And so um, you kind of just kind of play that by ear. But the big thing is just trying to keep to the time frame. You don't want it to become a burden to where you're dreading everything that you're doing, because if you do that, you're going to hate it and then you're going to give up on it and then you're not going to be able to experience the benefits. And so, um, and so you want to be able to kind of bring that balance to it. And then another thing that you want to be able to consider or that I'm doing is pairing intermittent fasting with other habits or other types of quote unquote diets. And so you can be able to do this to be able to maximize the effectiveness of intermittent fasting. 
And so for me, as I mentioned earlier, I'm planning to add doing a keto diet on top of doing the intermittent fasting. But I'm waiting a little bit until I get used to the intermittent fasting part before really getting into this really deeply. And so right now I've been trying to get my first meal, basically lunch, kind of a, usually a late lunch, have that be a keto or low carb meal, usually um, eggs with cheese and maybe a little something else with it, basically an omelet scramble type thing. And that I'm not necessarily worrying as much about the rest of the time, but I know I need to try to get a little bit more structured in what I'm doing. I don't know if I'm going to go full low carb, but I can tell you that keto diet and intermittent fasting work really well together and you can be able to maximize the effectiveness of both of those when using them together. And then another thing that I'm adding into my lifestyle is exercise. I've never really had a history of exercise, but my doctor wants me to do 30 minutes of exercise four days a week. And so since I haven't had that habit, I'm slowly working on adding this in. I'm currently doing about 20 to 30 minutes, two or three times a week. And so I'm trying to increase how long the duration is and trying to add a couple extra times a week into my schedule. And so I'm starting to get there, but it's going to take a little work for me to be able to get into that habit. Now, obviously, this is just a quick overview of intermittent fasting, but I hope that it's giving you some great information on being able to decide if it might be right for you. And if it's not, that's okay. It's not for everybody. But if you think it is something you want to look into, I would encourage you to check out the book that I mentioned earlier, Delay, Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. Now, I'll put a link in the show notes to make it easy for you to find. It's an affiliate link, so I'll get a small percentage of what, um, of what you, you get with it, but there's no extra cost to you. So if you want to get the show notes for today's episode, you can either swipe over in your podcast app or you can go to successroadpodcast.com slash 403. Now, please share this with anyone you think needs this information, and I'll look forward to talking with you in the next episode. God bless. Thank you.